Your reasons for listening to this show, well, those are your own. But just keep in mind that the views, information, or opinions expressed on the Tuttle Daily Podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of our sponsors. Yeah, it's called free speech, people. Nobody's forcing you to listen. One-of-a-kind shades made to order by Vaporshades.com. Vaporshades designs the outer layer of the sunglasses just like a wrap on a car. They customize your sunglasses, marbling the paint. The end result is no two pair of sunglasses are alike. Yours will be completely unique to you. Check us out at Vaporshades.com. Use promo code TUTTLE for 15% off your entire order. Get ready for your daily dose of TUTTLE. Uh, the all-time greatest uh, intern slash producer we've ever had, of course, Tuttle. Tuttle in Florida. From the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp, it's the Tuttle Daily Podcast. No wonder nobody likes you, Tuttle. Everything's a goddamn debate. Welcome back to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. This is an interview that is really, really special to me. Uh, if you've been listening to what I've gone through, through 2020, what I went through at the end of 2019, this guy, out of all the guests that I've ever met through radio, is one of the most genuine guys that I have ever met. I mean, you can just tell when somebody talks to you that they're paying attention and they actually care. And my next guest is the one and only Johnny B. Bad, Mark Merrow. Uh, Mark, man, dude, I am so thank you, by the way, for agreeing to come on. And well, thank you for having me, man. This is kind of long overdue. You know, we this is a, this is a conversation I'm looking forward to. And I I think that uh, there's a reason why this is going to happen today is I believe that there's a lot of people out there that have gone through some of the similar things that you've gone through and many are going through, including myself, that have gone through some things that I think we'll be able to help people and realize that, man, you're not alone and you matter so much. Now, Mark, before we get into my stuff and, and talking about you, um, tell people about thinkpause.org, Champions of Choices, uh, what you're doing why you decided to do this because i mean you were one of the biggest names in wrestling you had a great business going on right there in the orlando area with uh, it's super slow i actually remember that i don't know if you still have that around what what show what made you want to do this is it something personal you know it's uh a lot of the losses i've experienced in my own life you know and i could I, I just felt like I could understand what a lot of people were going through, but you know, there's, there's no greater joy than helping another person in life. I mean, you can make all the money in the world. You can have all the nice houses or cars or whatever, man, all that means nothing compared to the feeling you get or, or the, the, um, the blessing you have in your own life by helping another person. And when I started to do that, I just realized that I found my my calling in life. I, I guess you would, would say, you know, it wasn't professional wrestling or boxing or football or all the other things that I've done in my life. It was inspirational speaking and helping other people. Oh, can can I ask? Okay, so everybody knows you as a big time wrestler and stuff. Were you known for your promos? Like, I mean, you know, you got the rock, you know. You performed in front of a lot of people. What's the difference getting up and doing the, the, the public speaking like you're doing now 
compared to when you were performing as a professional wrestler? Um, you know, it's funny you say that, Tuttle, because I never considered myself a very good speaker, and I, I was not known for being a, a great speaker in wrestling. Um, the reason why it's so different now is because I'm sharing personal stories from my heart. There's not, there's not a script I'm following. I'm not trying to memorize lines. It's just getting up there and telling my story and, and relating to other people's stories that I've experienced or things I've gone through. So it really is about telling a story when you're on stage as opposed to pretending you're a character. Um, you know, uh, the Johnny B. Bad character was loosely based off of Little Richard and Muhammad Ali, you know, that, that wasn't me, you know, um, mm-hmm. Mark Merrill was, a was an insecure, jealous guy, you know, um, you know, that wasn't me. And wild man, Mark Merrill was from the jungle. I had never even been to the jungle. So now, now I, you were talking about Muhammad Ali and, and I, I'm kind of, I get all over the place. Not a lot of people know that you, you did meet Muhammad Ali, correct? I did. And one of the, one of my favorite celebrities I've ever met, I met a lot of celebrities in my life because a lot of uh, movie stars or celebrities or pro athletes would bring their kids to the wrestling matches. And of course the kids wanted to meet us, you know, seeing us on television and we got to meet an awful lot of, uh, you know, professional athletes or movie stars or whatever, whatever you have, you know, and uh, Muhammad Ali was probably one of my favorite people I've ever met. And it was uh, so funny because I was wrestling the honky tonk man at the <laughs> at the Joe Lewis arena on pay-per-view. And I was defending my world television title against the honky tonk man and in walks back backstage warming up and I'm getting ready to go out through the curtain to actually wrestle. So I had about, Oh, maybe 10 or 15 minutes before I actually, my music started playing. So I was just stretching out, warming up and here comes Muhammad Ali walking backstage to meet me. And he was like, he, Wait, he wanted to meet you like, yes. like, per- like he, now, what what was and and I'm not trying to be was he like because you know towards the end you know he wasn't at the best of health was right. he like I mean was was he all there whenever you yes, met him was, at that time? This was 1993 or four, I believe it was 1994 or five maybe because uh, it was at the Joe Louis Arena, but um uh, he was you know he could walk fine and he talked with a whisper. You could tell that there was. You know, but he was as sharp as a tack. And, uh, and it was so funny. To what him. did he say to you? Well, here's the thing that happened was when he was walking up to me and a big smile on his face and he went to shake my hand. And instead of shaking his hand, I put my fist up and I did my best Muhammad Ali impersonation. I go, that's <laughs> the greatest fight of all times. I beat Fraser. I beat Foreman. Look at my face. I'm so pretty. And he started laughing. We <laughs> hugged each other. It was a moment in time that I will never forget. And I actually got a picture of me shaking hand and, and going to hug each other. You know, it's just incredible time. Now, before before I get into what happened at, to me at the end of 2019, one of the things that made me appreciate the way you lost your mom at a young age, correct? Or the way that you talk about your mom and and stuff, it, it made me appreciate my parents more because I took time away from radio during this pandemic. They're in their 70s right now. They both have underlying health conditions. And and it's 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 been difficult, Mark. It, it, it has, but it's also been great to be able to spend time with them 
Um, I, I've born and raised in the South and you're always taught to respect your parents. I always do. But now that the roles have been reversed, it, it, it's, it's just weird because I don't want to be disrespectful, but I also have to stay on top of them to make sure that they're taking care of themselves and stuff. If you get what I mean, it, does, does that, does that sound, or does that sound crazy? You know, Tuttle, in life, we often take for granted the very things we should appreciate. And unfortunately, I lost my little brother and sister. They both died at 21. My mom died at 58. My dad died while I was holding him in my arms. So I've experienced so much loss through through family. And of course, many friends that died in the wrestling industry. It's been a, uh, it's been a, a, a tough journey. But I got to tell you that the reason why I talk about my parents and the reason why um, I don't want other people. My, I want my my heartbreak to be someone else's wake up call, and you know sometimes we need that in life, and sometimes we we often say you know I never never knew how much I loved them, or I I can't I, I never knew I'd miss them this much, you know. But so what you're doing by by helping them out, I mean it's it's like the roles get reversed, you know. Your parents took care of you when you were young, and and as they mm-hmm. get older, they you know we, we they they experience health issues and they and they need help and. Instead of people looking at it like, oh gosh, I got to go do this. And think about it as a blessing, man. That that they they did nothing but nurture you and graze you and love you. Yep. And now it's just a re- reverse of roles. Yeah, I I. But you also understand, you know, because I've dealt with mental illness all my life, and you know, like I I get it. I appreciate the time and everything, but it just sucks because my dad was an iron worker all his life, the tough blue collar guy. And, you know, he's not getting around as well. And, you know, I think he is a very prideful person and I work with him, you know, doing this exercises and stuff to keep his legs a little bit stronger and stuff. But, um, you know, it just it, it, it's tough to see your parents, you know, because you see them as those tough people all your life. And, and, and it, it's it's difficult. I don't want to sound like I'm complaining or anything. It, it's just it's tough. Well, you know, it's it is it is difficult, but it's also, you know, the, the blessing that you still have them. And uh, often, yeah. you know, like I think about if I could have my mom sitting here just talk to me. Maybe she couldn't get out of a wheelchair or something, but just to hear her voice again, uh, you know, you'd give everything. So you, you, you're, you're blessed to have them in your life. They're blessed to have you help them get through certain areas that they need help with now and being a prideful man. You know, I can understand that, that where he'd feel like, uh, you know, I, I don't want help or, or I could do it on my own or something, but that's just, that's, that's that generation that grew up, man. They just, they had a work ethic that yeah. this country has lost. Yeah. Mark, why why does our country not take mental illness serious serious enough? Like it 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 seems like we, you know, especially in the South, you know, like when you go to your parents and you say I'm depressed, they're like, "Well, just be happy." What do what do you have to be depressed about? Um, why why do we not take mental illness seriousness or serious enough in this country? Well, Ted, I gotta admit that. I think people are taking it more and more serious. It's because people like you and myself and people that go out there and talk about it, you know, the communication is so important with mental illness. You know, so many people hold things inside because they don't want to be a burden or they don't want to tell someone about it. I think nobody will understand, you know, but when you hold things inside, man, it's like a volcano. And sooner or later, sooner or later, that volcano erupts. 
and they use thank the- you for the segue because that's what I was about to get into there. Um, I think my problem is, and, and I could be way off bases. Like I, I think uh, medication does help some people, but I also think in our country, we over prescribe these psychotropic meds. And I got on a very bad mixture, you know, because I don't have insurance. Okay. And it's not like I was doctor shopping or anything. I just went to the doctor that could give me the best deal on my appointments and stuff. And, you know, this doctor would prescribe me this. And then the next one was like, oh, you need to be on this. And at the end of 2019, out of no reason at all, man, I woke up and I don't think people realize, you know, when when they hear people, when they get depressed or they think about suicide, they unless they feel it, they do not know exactly what somebody is going through that morning that I woke up. Um, I was supposed to go into work. It was like three thirty in the morning and I just did not feel right. I could not explain it. Nothing bad happened. I felt like a shell, like I, 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 I felt empty. I felt like a soulless zombie shell. I, I, and then I was like trying to shake it off, went into the bathroom, washed, put some cold water on my face. I looked in the mirror. I did not even recognize myself. It was so scary and i freaked out i i i i I tried to do something stupid luckily i wasn't successful and i i ended up going into the radio show after that i i went into work that day and they could kind of tell something was wrong with me and a lot of people always ask me why why after only a couple hours after you tried doing what you did why would you talk about something like that? Why would you share that? Because to be honest, I got Baker acted after that. I spent 10 days in a psychiatric ward and, and I tell there, tell people two reasons. I was scared that I might try to do it again. And I wanted to be, I wanted somebody to know about it. I wanted somebody to be able to hold me accountable. And then I was like, what if there's just one person because I was on the Bubble of Love Spun show at the time. We were nationally syndicated, big audience. And I was like, what if there is just one person out there going through what I'm going through? Maybe it could help them. That, does that sound stupid? Doesn't sound stupid at all. In fact, I commend you, Tuttle, for you know, for opening up and being able to talk about this. It's so important. We need more people that talk about this. You know, it's sad because mental illness, depression, people just say, just get over it. You can't just get over it. You have to work through it. And everyone has like different ways of working through it. You know, um, myself, what's helped me is to help other people and what you're doing. I mean, you got to admit, Tuttle, that I know you've probably gotten a letter or or someone's called you or told you you really helped me by talking about that. Yep. There's no greater feeling than knowing that you could make a difference or maybe save somebody's life because you were open up and, and forthright about what you went through. And I, I'm, I'm so glad you did that. I'm so glad you're able to talk about this because communication, opening up and talking about mental illness, depression, anxiety, all these things, we've got to be able to share this with other people. He's a nerd. I've only been arrested one time. A radio personality professionally i'm not in the best position that i've ever been in and hot talk satirizer you would think with everything that's going on a caucasian like myself wouldn't be able to randomly talk to an african-american or a minority 
You're listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Wish you could have just flown and had your vehicle arrive a day or two later so you can enjoy more time doing what's important to you? Well, you can. Just give Starfire Transport a call. Let the professionals do the driving while you're flying. Starfire Transport specializes in RV and auto transport. They'll also haul watercraft from boats to PWCs, cargo trailers, and more. Service available throughout the continental United States. So don't wait. Call Brian today at 574-349-4193 or 989-751-6106 for your next move. 10% off for veterans past or present. Also, make sure to tell them Tuttle sent you for an additional discount. That's Starfire Transport. Do you have something you want to say? Hey, what kind of preacher is you? Leave Tuttle a voicemail. Because you're kind of ignorant. Especially if you think he's being an asshole. No mega bitch! Will your hurtful comments offend Tuttle? No, baby! Call the show at 407-270-3044. No, baby! Ten days in a psychiatric ward taught me a lot. Because they did not treat me to fix me. Their, their only job was to make sure I didn't harm myself. It was like a cattle call. You only got like a minute or two with the doctor every single day. They had you lined up. Uh, I was on three medications before I went in there. That 10 days, I was on eight different pills plus an injection that they would give me. I don't even know what it was. And, and, and I was like a zombie. And, and it was a wake-up call. I got off of everything. I'm not on any of the psychotropic meds anymore. And it was hard. It was one of the worst withdrawals that I've ever had to go through. And what I tell people is that I still have bad days because when I was on that medication, I was in the middle. I was in the middle. I was never up here. I was never down here. So yes, I have bad days now, but I get to enjoy the really good days now. And a lot of people think, think that's crazy. Like, why would you want to feel? But I get, to, I get to have joy every once in a while now. So let me ask you a question. When you say that you have these bad days, how often do you have a bad day? Like in, say in a week, yeah. How many bad days do you feel you have in a week? Here, I'll give you an example, Mark. Um, you know, I don't know why it is. Sometimes I feel like I have a sign on my back. It says, just fuck with me. And I'm sorry about the language, but just mess with me. People feel like they, so I was doing a live stream the other day and this, this inebriated guy just comes in and he starts calling me a dipshit and just starts screaming and yelling at me. And, and it's like, I killed him with kindness. See, it, and it was funny. The old me would have blown up. I would have lost my, my temper, but I was just like, thank you, sir. Love you. And, 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 and when somebody is like that and they're angry and you, kill them with kindness it just they don't know how to react though it's 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 crazy well obviously i commend you on that it's it's not easy to. it set me off though (laughs) it it set me off though It, it, it 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 really got me down because it's like man i'm a good guy like and there's so many people like i always say yes sir no sir yes ma'am no ma'am uh, when I see uh, the older people here in the park taking their garbage, I offer to go get the golf cart to take their garbage to the dumpster for them and stuff, you know. So it's like I try to be a great guy, but it just seems like everybody wants to kick me square in the nuts all the time. You know, Tuttle, I, 
I, I could definitely relate to that. You know, I, I feel like I try to do the right thing and not everybody's nice to me. I, I see some people that write me letters that are just so ridiculous. I, I said, part of me says, man, I really wish they knew who I was. You know, I wish, I wish they really knew me, you know? And, uh, but I can't let that get me down because there are so many people, you don't, you know, that, that, that guy that's helping you, yourself, helping other people, you know, don't ever change, man. Don't change because someone else has changed you. You know, this world, this world can change you so quickly and, and don't let that happen, man. You know, and I'm, I'm proud of you for number one, you know, getting off the meds is not easy. People don't understand this. And, and listen, I'm not against meds. It was, it was, it was the worst. I'm not either. I'm not either, but I just didn't want to be there because when I was in the mental institution, one of the things, because I'm very observant, I ask questions and, and I'm aware of my surroundings. And one of the things that I learned, a lot of these people had trauma and they all had addiction problems because they were self-medicating. And I know that you speak to students. Is that something that these students have talked to you about? Like, give me an example of some of the issues, because when we were in school or I was in school are different problems than what kids are dealing with today. No, it's a it's a different world today. When I say that, I mean that, you know, what kids feel about like when I was a kid, I'm going to be honest with you, Tuttle. I, I never had a friend on medication. I didn't know anybody cutting themselves or wanting to kill themselves. We were kids. We were having fun, you know. But, man, today, man, I tell you, I, I get so many letters from students that are suffering from depression or anxiety or self-harming or, or feel like they don't want to be here anymore. And it is one of the most difficult things because when you get 10 or 20 letters like that every single day and you're writing back students, it takes its toll on you because it also reminds you of how, how sensitive and delicate life is and how quickly it can be taken away. Don't think about yourself, how quickly it could have gone just a little further and you wouldn't be, we wouldn't be talking right now. You know, do you want to know the thing that my, you want to know the thing that my mom told me that really it was it was a it was an eye-opening experience and and she wasn't trying to make me feel bad but like she said we're glad that you weren't able you know that that you weren't successful but do you realize what that would have done to us if you would and and i'm actually starting to cry about it right now that and and they weren't doing that to try to make me feel bad it was just like I don't think people think about it in the time when oh. when they're thinking about hurting themselves. But the people, you know, that that I I don't know what it would have done to my mom and dad if if I would have been successful. You know, in that moment, Tuttle, you, you just want the pain to go away. You, you don't you're not thinking about that was it. That's it. Or friends are going to go through at a funeral or people crying there. You don't even think about that. You just think about I want this pain to go away. I don't want to feel like this no more. Yep. I don't want to be in this world anymore. And it's a split second. It's almost like temporary insanity that you go through that all of a sudden yep. it's over. And, and, and if, you know, people that have experienced near death experiences where they, they didn't kill themselves, like, a, like the guy that jumped off the uh, Golden Gate Bridge, you know, that speaks at schools, a lot of schools I speak at, he speaks at, but he shares the story. As soon as he jumped, he's like, what did I just do? You know, he's like regretted as soon as he left that place and, it hit him like, I don't want to die. You know, they just want the pain to go away. Did you know uh, Chris Benoit? Yeah, I wrestled Chris Benoit many times. We were, we were very close in, in uh, WC. Well, was, that, was, 
Was that a shock? A shock? Like, I mean, that 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 is such a horrible story. Total, total shock. Never, you know, he was such an, an intense competitor, but he was a great guy. And, and you know, I mean, he, he was just a. I, I love working with him. I love traveling with him. Um, you know, he was just an intense guy. He was a tough guy, but you know, never saw a side where he'd want to hurt somebody or kill somebody. It was a shock. Um. You and 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 I'm sorry, guys. I you know I try to keep it fun, but I I think this is you know I, I try to tell my audience I try to do fun stuff. My job as a broadcaster is to help people get away from their problems. I like to have fun. You know, you've gone on the monsters and stuff. We all like to joke. We I I think that's our job as broadcasters just to give people because you don't know what people are going through. I I played some audio. And you got to be careful, especially in this pandemic right now, kindness, because you just don't know what people are going through. That uh, husband and wife up in Pennsylvania that was arguing with their neighbor across the street, and it was a big argument, and the guy just lost it and, and, and murdered the, the husband and wife they, all over an argument, all over just some dumb stuff, and now they're not alive. Yeah. You know, life is fragile, and, man. And, 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 and people, people are reacting on spur of the moment things, uh, the road rage and, and things like that. This, this, I don't uh, do that, especially in Florida. You, you can't road rage in Florida with the uh, stand your ground and everybody having guns now. You, you just can't do it. You know, uh, Tuttle, I actually live in a, I live in a, um, a county where everyone has to have a gun. It's a, it's a county ordinance that everyone in Kennesaw, Georgia, has to have a gun. Isn't that something? Man, Mark. All right, so let's get into some. Uh, I, I, because people would kill me if I didn't ask you some wrestling stuff, okay? <laughs> and then, then I want to get back into it. Um, stiffest guy you've worked with wrestling? <laughs> oh, the stiffest guy I worked with, um, probably uh, Bradshaw. Really? Why? Yes, like, I mean, he Jamie just Paul. was spudding you. He was just spudding you. Like, I mean, he just was hitting as hard as he could. He just didn't like me. <laughs> we are, we're, we're good friends now, but he's, he's an amazing guy too. He does a lot of community stuff, but at that time we did not like each other and uh, we laid it in. Uh, but now one of my good friends that is, we had some really knock him down, drag him out match. was Diamond Dale's page. And uh, he lives close to me here in, uh, here in Georgia. I want to, I, I see, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I was going to forget about it. I was telling my dad, you know, my dad working, you know, what DDP has been able to do with some people that uh, had horrible injuries or, or physical disabilities and stuff and able to help them. I was like, man, I, I would love to talk to DDP about my dad because I, I really think something like that would help them, you know, stretching and, 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 and working out because. You know, he gets down on himself and he and he doesn't want to go outside. He doesn't want to be around people. And and I, I think, you know, he just needs to keep working at it. You know. You know, it's uh, I, I, I train I've been working out with uh, DDP and his DDPY, the yoga, and uh, it is a, it's a great workout, you know, but it's getting people to do it is the hard part. You know, I mean, everyone says, oh, yeah, it's a great workout. And you, but you, you can't nothing changes unless you take action towards working out or getting, you know, getting up and doing it. So if your dad would be interested in really doing it, does he want it? I think it. Yeah, I think he would. Okay. Well, I, uh, I got it. Now, 
got a connection. <laughs> well, thank you. Now let's let's get back to your public speaking and stuff. Um, right now with the pandemic going on, uh, how I mean, when was the last time you did and spoke in front of students at at schools and well, stuff? The, the last time I I actually spoke at a school or, or was March twelfth of last year, only because. Uh when the pandemic hit, we, we, we were averaging 230 events a year total over the last 14 years. It's been an absolutely crazy journey. And it, it ended on, on March 12th when we had all the rest of the school year canceled and we have not been able to go back to schools since then. And, um, but we've been doing virtual events. We've been, we have a studio set up in, in Florida that I fly in and I do virtual events. Uh, we got Seminole High School coming up um, March uh, 15th and we got some other schools Bayonet Point Middle School so we'd still do in the schools but the kids are now seeing it virtually and not in live but I, I believe we'll be going back next year for the live events again if there's anything I can ever do it's not I, I don't want you to think I'm inviting myself but like if you ever think you could use me to you know get up and and tell my story and stuff be more than happy you know to help you out in any way that I can you know even if it's just promoting stuff uh just know that it, that you have an open door policy to ask me i don't know if anybody would want to be interested in in what i have to say but anyway i can help i i'm i'm offering so well total thank you you know you, you'd be surprised how many people need to hear your story and you know because you're because you're you are you know open to talk about it and that's the i think that's the beginning to healing too is when you can actually talk about it and share with other people because You've helped other people already, and I can't imagine how many more will be helped by you sharing your story. Um, you're, you're here for a reason, and I don't want you to live your life not sharing, not, not, not feeling like there's a purpose, because there is a purpose and a plan for your life. I, something that I kind of uh, opened up my eyes, you know, when, when you have stuff happen to you as a kid, you know, the brain is such a, an amazing thing that it'll block stuff out. You know, um, I don't, I haven't felt comfortable enough talking about it yet, but I am a victim of childhood trauma. Um, how much of that is in play? Because I really think that stuff does happen to us as kids that maybe we were like, did that really happen or did it not happen? Because that's, that's like your brain kind of blocking out stuff. And I tell people when I'm ready to talk about it, I will. It wasn't my mother or my father, but now after getting out of there and talking to people, we are, kids are so fragile and I don't think people realize those are very important years that set them up for the future. Uh, it, childhood trauma, it, do you think that is playing a, a lot of part into the problems kids and stuff are having? Absolutely, Tuttle. You know, and, I'm, and I hate to even say this, but more so now, I believe it's happening more so now than ever before. And I think more kids are going through the depression and, and childhood trauma and, and things that they, they hold inside. And sometimes, like I said, like we've talked earlier, when you hold things inside, Sooner or later, man, it, it can come out in an explosion and leads to horrible bouts of depression or suicidal thoughts or, 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 you know, anger, anger issues that you, you are, you're, you're hurting other people in your life, relationships that you can't sustain because of something that happened in your past that you haven't been able to talk about. But I think sometimes when we're able to talk about it, open up and, and help other people, 
especially helping ourselves being able to talk about it. It's like a, a weight that's lifted off your shoulders that you've been carrying your whole life. I finally talked to my parents about it. And I don't know if this is, this might sound stupid. Do you want to know the reason why I didn't talk to my parents about it? And it's because I knew if I told my dad about this, I didn't want to see my dad go to jail because my dad would. Certainly he, 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 and, and that's the only reason. That's the only reason. Right. I don't know. Your phone's blowing up and, and I'm getting well, your message. I, I can't believe they could even see that. I didn't know. I, I yeah, like, no, I, I can. I'm, I'm seeing it all. <laughs> it's like I couldn't even. Um, oh, what's it called? Uh, uh, airplane mode. Yeah, you know? no, don't worry about it. It happens to me all the time, friend. Yeah, man, it's, it, it gets you so angry. I'm, I'm seeing it, but I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm playing off like you guys don't see it. I didn't know you could see it. But I'm like, oh, son of a gun. Well, I was just trying to be I was. I was just trying to be polite. I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to be like, "Hey, Mark, uh, you got people like I yeah. can." Oh, see, I see. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to edit a bunch of this because people's phone numbers are showing up on the screen. <laughs> you know what? I'm probably just gonna. I'm. I'm probably just gonna use the audio for this one, anyways. Um, but um, does, but does that does that sound weird? That that was something that I was afraid of. Like I didn't want to see my dad spend the last years of his life in jail. No matter what trauma you went through, your heart was that I don't want my dad taken away from me or my dad go to jail. So I, and I, I tell you, it's, it's such a tough position to, to be in, Tuttle. But um, you, 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 look how it's affected your life. I mean, when you really think about this, I mean, I, maybe your dad would have gone to prison, but it has also put. Oh, he would have. He would have killed the person. Like seriously, he. I know for a fact he he would have. He, he. There's there's no doubt in my mind he would have. But it's almost like you gave yourself a life sentence, you know, by not by not talking about it. And I think when you're finally able to open up and talk about it and deal with it in a sense that maybe helping other people is going to help you deal with it, because there could be so many people that come out and say, oh, my gosh, this happened to me, too. And I'm ready to talk about it. It takes one person, man. It's like a, a forest fire. You light a match and all of a sudden the, the, it's, it's, it just explodes. Mark, you don't have to go into details because I know a lot of these stories that people share with you, but can you give me an example of a story? Because I don't think people know this. When you go out to these events pre-pandemic, you've been a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with students, talking to them, making them feel what you do care, you know. But what I'm trying to say is give me an example of a story that, that kind of touched you the most, like that was like, Oh my God, I can't believe this. Well, I, I have so many stories about people that said that they were going to end their life until they saw the presentation. Uh, one of the stories is actually um, this, this uh, young lady that was in middle school at the time, and her parents actually came to me and gave permission. They wanted her to be able to talk about it and open up about this. What happened to her was uh, she tried to hang herself. And when she jumped off her bed, the, the uh, rope she tied to her ceiling fan, but it broke. And the next day, mm. well, that's how, that, that was me. That's, that's what I did. Oh, wow. Well, anyways, that's what I did. Next day I came to her school and um, shared my story with her and it changed her whole life. Now we have been friends all these years. This was, this was 10, 10, 10 years ago. Tuttle. She just had her first baby. And she talks about the day that I came was the day it changed her life and it saved her life because she was going to attempt suicide again. 
but the um, unfortunately the, the I mean fortunately the fortunately the rope broke when she jumped off the bed. Yeah, luckily whoever installed the ceiling fan in the room I did it did a horrible job. Thank God yes. that uh, it ripped out of the ceiling. Yeah, so um, ceiling fan, but not a tunnel. Yeah. Um. How can if people want to help you out? How how can they do that? Well, you know we we are so blessed that we we have people that help us with these presentations. Um, you know, go to our website, think pause, which is p o z dot org. Think pause p o z dot org. Think pause dot org, and um, you can see all the stuff we're doing. We got videos up there that you could be inspired by, and uh, you can always donate, which which all the money goes for the, these kids, so we can travel around and do these presentations. It's been a, a big blessing. We got some people that have really helped us out over the years, but we are always, there's, there's, there's not enough we can do. We, like I said, total, we average 230 events a year. And I was on the Man. road. Remember we're doing that in 10 months, you know, when wow. you bought it. Now, a lot of people don't know this. You were a hell of a boxer, right? Golden gloves. Yeah. I won the, the New York state golden gloves a um, couple of years in a row. And then I, Went to the USA boxing team where I lived in or moved to Colorado Springs, Colorado at the US Olympic Training Center. And that's when I decided that I'd turn professional in boxing. And then uh, so I I So you couldn't to- you can you couldn't do the Olympic because you had turned professional then, right? Or were they the Olympics were boycotted in nineteen eighty and I was on the team in nineteen eighty one. So it would have been another uh. four years before we ever had another Olympics. So instead of taking the chance of doing that, I decided to turn professional in boxing and two weeks before my first professional boxing match was going to be in my hometown in new york and we were working on a five fight contract with espn it was like i had everything at the time but my i had my nose shattered in an accident and i needed reconstructive surgery and title was in that time my life i share my story is i started hanging out with the wrong kids in my and during my rehab portion of that uh, one year became 10 years of drug addiction and I lost it all. Was it pain pills? Uh, it was, uh, no, my, my drug of choice back then was cocaine. Big, big time. Oh. And, um, and, uh, just, just lost everything, man. And then making it into professional wrestling 10 years later, 30, 31 years old, I signed my first contract and did that for 14 years. And um, then went through some more heartache after my divorce. I got back into drugs, and um, that's when I. What was the worst injury? What was the worst injury you had wrestling? Because uh, you know a lot of people, oh, it's fake, it's fake. But I mean, you guys are taking (laughs) some real bumps. Uh, Like, what what's the worst injury you've had? uh, People say wrestling's fake, but gravity is real. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The worst injury. You know what? There's a difference between worse and most painful. Okay. Uh, the worst injury obviously is probably reconstruction of my knee, uh, uh, ACL medial collateral meniscus. That was already done. Uh, I've had, uh, 14 surgeries, uh, five elbow surgeries, five shoulder surgeries, um, back. Which sur- one hurt the most though? Which one, the one that hurt, hurt the, the most? most I didn't need said. surgery on. I was wrestling diamond Dallas page and, um, uh, I threw him out of the ring and I came over and I jumped over the top rope on him on the floor and he was laying on the floor and he had his knee up and I, I separated all my cartilage. I mean, like opened it right up. It was, it was, I thought I broke all my ribs to be honest with you, but I didn't break a rib, but it was the cartilage that tore apart. 
And it was, it's the most painful thing you could ever go through. Do you remember, I don't remember when you were, you turned heel and you were wrestling against Russ and Dusty Rhodes. And I think, uh, who, who was your part? Uh, Jeff Jarrett was right. Jarrett, I think. Uh, yes. Yeah. Did, you, was, did uh, you, what, did you get a chance to watch it? Did you get a chance to watch the hardcore match that me and Drunky and 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 Whopper had? I mean, we were like a bunch of just like dark match people like wrestling and but we 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 took a lot of injuries back then. I know you did, man. You guys were I mean as 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 crazy as I think I, I was. You guys took it to a whole nother level, okay? <laughs> Cuz you guys didn't even know how to land man. properly. You didn't know how to hit each other properly and you guys were killing each other. Oh, you you know what we were doing? See, we were kind of walking through everything and 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 Tom Van Drunky comes to me and says, "Hey, we we want to we want to work it where we're outside of the ring because you remember the ring was next to the parking garage yes. there." And yeah. and Tom was like, "I want you and Whopper to fight it out. Give me enough time that I can get to the second floor of the parking garage." And he jumped off the second floor of the parking garage and there, it was on concrete. It was on yeah. concrete. And I was like, oh my God, man, uh, it was crazy. Tuttle, you've done some really crazy things. I mean, you've really put your body at risk many times, not oh. just that time, many times. The worst I ever been hurt, it was at a Miss Monster. I think we did it at the Bruce Rossmeyer's uh, Harley Davidson play. And uh, they had a, a amateur wrestling league show up, and I guess they didn't like set up the ring right because you know some of the rings have bounces on them a little bit. This one was just like hard as a rock, and they wanted me to come in. They had this guy named the Asian Giant, might have been like six eight, six nine, and they were like, "Hey, we need you to go in and and referee it." And and you know, I was working the gimmick where I was like getting in his face, and he he chokeslammed me. Now he picked me up completely over the top of his head and when i hit i hit on my back i broke five ribs in oh, the front man. and and that was and and it, that just shows you how hard i hit because like you would think i hurt my back but no it like broke my ribs in the front it was it was crazy and, and if you've never had the, the match yeah i i uh it was one of those things if people have never really had the wind knocked out of them so badly like I, it, it was the longest, like I, it was like almost a minute of me trying to catch my breath because it was just that bad. They, they, I rolled out and they've just finished it. I don't even remember what happened after that. Yeah. That's a painful injury, man. From the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp. Man, maybe I would have way more sex partners in my life if I just threw caution to the wind. It's the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Tuttle's Daily Podcast is brought to you by StitchYouUp.com. For your embroidery, screen printing, vinyl, and direct-to-garment printing needs, visit StitchYouUp.com. StitchYouUp specializes in custom caps, shirts, decals, and anything you want to personalize. Whether it's one item or large orders, they can handle any size. Unsure about what you want? Let StitchYouUp help you with your logo design. Visit StitchYouUp.com. Or contact them, eric at stitchyouup.com. Stitch You Up, definitely not your grandma's embroidery. Nerd, radio personality, and hot talk satirizer. You're listening 
to the Tuttle Podcast. My one of my last questions. Did I rem, I forget what they called it? But you being a boxer, were you a part of that boxing tournament? I I don't know whose idea was that uh, in the WWE. Do you remember it was Vince McMahon's idea? Yeah, yeah. And you know, you know what's so funny is I ended up having to to uh, fight Bradshaw in that. You know, and yeah. And Bradshaw, so we we end up fighting in this match. I remember this is you could take the guy down and be now this was shoot. This was shoot, right? This yeah, was shoot, was, right? Yeah, like there was there was there was it was a shoot. Okay. So, anyways, me and Brad now Bradshaw, you know, the guy's you know five or six inches taller than me, about hundred pounds heavier than me. But it went to a draw, three round draw, you know. So they said one more round, and in that round, now I thought I I, I thought I won, but they gave it to him. He did take me down that round, but you know, was that in the semifinal? Because if that was, was he the one that Butterbean about decapitated? Uh, no, that was uh, that was um a uh, Bart Gunn that got uh, really now now see I know Butterbean I I did a tough man contest for the pay per view against Butterbean and I knew him and I knew if he hits him he's gonna kill him he's not a boxer you know. Do you, do you know the punch I'm talking about? Like I, he, uh, I, I, it might've been the hardest punch I've ever seen anybody get hit with. Uh, and it was, it was, it was ridiculous. It was, it was dangerous. It was very dangerous. He could have killed him. And, uh, and not only that is had hit the rope and then the ground, you know, were you, were you there the night that, uh, Owen Hart fell? I was with, or the, were you a part of wrestling at that? Still, I was still with the company, but I was not at that pay-per-view. Um, just, just a tragedy. He was, man, another guy that I wrestled many times and had a lot of fun with him. He was, he was a king of the ribs too. Loved to rib people and played ch- tricks on people. A lot of fun, that guy. Who was the biggest joker in, in the back room? Because I've heard many stories, especially working in Tampa the last 10 years, uh, meeting a lot of wrestlers coming in and out of the studio and stuff. But I've heard so many stories. Uh, I'm not even going to get into it, but have you... Is and and I'm not going to discuss it because I try to keep it clean. But I've heard this rumor about Virgil and a trick that he used to be able to do back in the day. Any 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 uh, rumor to that? I'll have I'll have to talk to you about that one oh, off he, the air that I, I've I heard. Never, I never worked with Virgil. He was he was never we were never in the same organization together, so I never had any any uh, dealings I'm, with him. I, I saw him at a uh, autograph I, sign. Why, why Tampa though? Why, why do all the wrestlers come to Florida? It just seems like Tampa is like where all the wrestlers go to. Um, you know what? It's a, it's an easy airport. It's, um, you know, it's a beautiful place. Clearwater Tampa is a beautiful mm-hmm. area. Yeah. Mark, I really appreciate this and, and, and all seriousness and, and I apologize to my audience and stuff, but sometimes there's things that need to be talked about. Uh, and I think in this case, especially going through the pandemic right now, um, what 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 are what what are some advice that you could give people that are feeling lonely right now? Maybe people feeling by themselves and aren't because we're we're as humans, we love to interact with other people. What yeah. what are some things that people can do? Well, first of all, Tuttle, I, I want to say to you as my friend, please don't ever apologize for for speaking your heart. You have no idea how many people you have helped. And and I don't want you to ever change. And you, there's no need to ever apologize for that because I'm year and a half sober too. But year and a half sober too. Yeah. Uh, I've lost. I'm so I um. You, man. 
I, I was I was almost 200 pounds in 2019 and I dropped down to 163, but I'm now up to 173 because I've been putting on muscle now. Okay. So and this is the best. Like I, I, I tell people physically and mentally, this is the best that I've ever been. And and when you're in those addiction, you're like, man, this is fun. But you know what? Feeling good feels better. And I know that I, I know that sounds stupid to say, but it, it does. Yeah. Yeah, man. I tell you, I'm. I, you know, it's so crazy kind of when I think about it. I'm going to turn 61 years old this coming summer. And Jesus I, Christ, I no feel, way. I feel like a kid. I, I, I don't know. It's just this energy I have. And I just, and, and the way, what I want to leave your, your listeners with is that, guys, first of all, you, you're not alone with, 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 with what you're going through, suffering from depression or loneliness or anxiety or, or, or heartache or brokenness or whatever it is. Please, please know you're not alone. And you're going to get through this. You, you see, so many times we build obstacles in our head that are a lot worse than we, like we envision things a lot worse than they're ever going to be. You know, we always seem to go to worst case scenarios, you know, but what ends if it isn't that bad? What if it's like someone's been assigned in your life that you're going to meet and your life is going to be turned around? You know, how about thinking positive? And you watch how when you start thinking positive, positive things start happening. It, it, it's, it's happened to me and it continues to happen to me. You know, I mean, my life's not perfect. My God, who would ever th think, you know, a year and a half ago, I'd go through a divorce. You know, I thought I'd be married forever. And um, things happen in life and you, you have to pick yourself up and realize that the best chapters are about to be written. And the only reason they're going to be written is because you are the author. And every day you could write a new page. Those new pages, they become your new chapters. And those chapters are called overcoming adversity. You know, um, never giving up. You know, helping other people, you know, being the best you you could possibly be. Forgiveness is so important. So many times, we spend so much bitterness, resentment, or anger on someone that wronged us in our life. And that person has moved on. They that care, cost, they could care less about you. I, 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 I've dealt with that. It is ruined. Um, fortunately, I was able to repair my relationship with Russ. And, and, and I was dumb because, and, and I'm not making excuses, but, that was like my family when I was there and I, I took it personally and, and I lashed out and I felt bad about that. And, and, and now me and Russ, Russ talk on, on a couple of times a week now. And, and, and it makes me feel good. I, you know, I didn't do it to try to get a job back. I just wanted to, to write or write my wrong. You know what you did title is you released yourself from emotional prison. And that's what we do is we lock ourselves in this emotional prison when we can't forgive somebody else. Or, or, or own up to something we did wrong. But sometimes the hardest person to forgive is ourselves. And make that choice today. Your listeners out there, make that choice. Forgive yourself, man. Release yourself from the emotional prison. Go out there and make a life. Two quick things. I know a lot of people in Orlando have heard this. Do, one, do you still, and, and then I'll let you go. Do you do the marble thing anymore? <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. I was living on the, on the lake at the time. And unfortunately, I'm... Um, can, can you tell people why you can can you explain that to a little bit of people because it makes sense when i first heard it i know the guys would bust your balls a little bit about it but it does make sense it makes you appreciate things well you know what it was is my my ex-wife and i we went and we figured that the average person lives to be, be about 76 years old so what we did is we took our age at that time and we took a marble for every week that we we would think we would have left and we would go to our lake with that marble. We reminisce about a great week we had or the good day or whatever. 
and uh, say a prayer, and then we throw the marble into the lake. And the thing was, is as you watch these marbles diminish, you appreciate life so much. And it wasn't like morbid or anything. It was like, wow, you know, you realize how quickly life passes. And, and as you see less and less marbles, um, you realize that uh, time is of the essence. Time is the most precious commodity we, that we have. You can make more money, but you can't make more time unless yeah. you go back in the lake and marbles back. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that I'll butcher this quote, but one thing stood out the most, and, and then we'll, we'll plug in and if you go. Uh, the elevator quote that people would say, you know, hanging, you know, hanging out with the people. There's two types of people. Friends are like elevators. They either take you up or they take you down. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. We become who we surround ourselves with. I, I, it's simple. Can, 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 can I ask you, did you, did you come up with that or did you get that? Did, is that what Muhammad Ali told you when he, when he met you? I first heard it from my dad, <laughs> so I don't know where he got it from. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I mean, that's cool, man. Yeah. But uh, Mark, once again, tell tell people once again, uh, website thinkpause.org, and that's p-o-z dot org, yeah. and uh, and people can find you on social media as yeah, well too. Uh, it's at Mark Miro. Yeah, Mark is with a C M A R C M E R O, and of course we have a great YouTube channel with all inspirational videos. It's YouTube.com, The Mark Merrill. Check it out. And that's the show for today. Thanks for listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, don't be a dickhead. Do us a favor. Like, share, and subscribe to the show. Also, check out the Tuttle category at 315live.com. The Tuttle Daily Podcast is brought to you by the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp. You want some cool-ass sunglasses? Check out VaporShades.com. Also brought to you by Starfire Transport, StitchYouUp.com, PocketPairClub.com. Special thanks to show intern Hannah and Charlie Alamo for their contributions. Additional imaging and production is provided by CCA Productions, Facebook.com slash CCA Productions Presents. Show voiceover services brought to you by JCVoiceOver.com. That guy's got a damn sexy voice. You should hire him check out jcvoiceover.com. If you want to help support the show, go to paypal.me slash Tuttle on the radio. Comments? Concerns? Or do you just want to let Tuttle know he's being a dickhead? Tuttle at gmail.com. That's Tuttle with two Ds at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail at 407-270-3044. To follow all of Tuttle's social media, go to Tuttle.net. Thanks again for all your support, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, yo, Terry, fuck going on?